0: Good evening, Internet, and welcome to Camera Dads episode 12. I am one of your two hosts, Mr. Phil, and on the other side of the Midwest Internet is my brother
1: and co-host, Mr. Simon. How are you doing, Simon? Hey, Phil. Glad to be here. Uh, 12th episode. We've now been at this for more than a year, and uh, this is our revised recording schedule of There Is No Schedule. So thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. Hey, we got kids. We're dads. It's really tough to plan these things, so uh here we are episode 12 it's been awesome and it will continue to be awesome that's right that's
0: right we'll do it when we can and as long as you guys keep enjoying them we will continue to do them uh when we can all right <laughs> so uh what
1: do we what do we talk about tonight simon a little different okay. tonight isn't it it is uh very different this is the first show of this kind that we've ever done and tonight's is all a gear review and we've talked about gear before but this is this show is specifically dedicated to a particular camera that we're going to cover in depth. I've got two pages of notes and Phil's going to ask a lot of questions and we're just going to see where this takes us. And we're also, um, we're always interested to hear from you, the listeners and the the people who watch this, leave us comments. If you have questions, um, comment on the website, comment on our YouTube uh, page and we'll answer whatever questions you have. So ready to get started, Phil?
0: Absolutely. And, uh, Let me just, let me just uh, start by saying um, between the two of us, you have always been a little bit more uh, into the gear than I have. Um, You know, it's typical for you to have two cameras, um, maybe also like a pocket camera, and you, you are more in tune with, you know, having newer equipment every so often than I am. And so I wasn't, I wasn't as surprised when you told me a while back that you had got a new camera because it just seemed like, okay, that's something that Simon would do. But what did surprise me was when you started telling me some of the details about this camera and when I finally saw it in person and I was just kind of like, what, I, I honestly didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand what I was looking at. And coming from you and the history of, of 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 really you kind of leading me uh it in my photography um, quest. <laughs> I, I was I was really, really surprised. Okay. So can you can you kind of tell everybody what this camera is and what makes it so different than everything else that we have, you know, really
1: discussed so far as, as any gear that we've talked about? Yes, absolutely. So the camera is, and I'm going to use the the, the webcam feed a lot here. So if you're listening on the audio, you might want to watch the YouTube on this one. The camera is this camera here. It's I'll hold it up here. It's the Fuji X100F. And if you are looking at the video, you're, you're, you're probably see, probably seeing it's a much smaller camera than what you might be accustomed to. And it's uh, it's way smaller than a DSLR. And it almost looks like an old-style film camera from the '80s or something like that. And in fact, that design choice is deliberate. Um, so we're going to talk all about this camera tonight and what makes this camera unique. And I almost think that this is the uh, ultimate dad camera. Um, if there's if there's one camera that would do anything in that would fit most situations where a parent would want to take pictures of the kids, I think it might be this camera. And uh, I'm going to explain why but also we'll talk about some of the the big limitations that this camera has that someone needs to be aware of if they're going to be uh even considering this camera. So that's what we're going to talk about. Sound good?
0: That sounds awesome because I <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of going into this blind which okay. is which is the idea, you know, um I am very curious about this camera and okay. why you got it and what you think, you know, really what the advantages of of this are over the DSLR because, um, well, let me just say right off the bat, and I I hope I'm not stealing your thunder on anything, but the the lens on this camera is not detachable. This camera has a lens that is built into the camera and it doesn't come off. Yep. Although Um, looking at it, it, you'd think it it does. When mm -hmm. you handed it to me for the first time, I was fiddling with it and I was like, how do I, you know how do you detach the lens where's the where's the button or whatever and you're like it, it doesn't come off i just didn't
1: <laughs> yeah it doesn't come off. what Even you mean it doesn't
0: come off because we have talked so much about um with dslrs which is what we you and i have been shooting with for years but we have talked a lot about uh different kinds of lenses for different situations mm-hmm. and uh one of our one of our guests uh ben hollingsworth is a huge huge lens nut and he rents lenses for you know for different situations and we've talked on and on about this stuff and mm-hmm. we've even talked about for your cell phones how you can buy um what is it, an clip?
1: that's right that's right and and, and yet, the fuji has none of that you can't none take the lens. none of that I'm like what's wrong with you So why, why, why is this such a good camera um, in my opinion? So yes, let me, let me start back a little bit and explain explain a bit of my history, history, which I think think is not dissimilar from a lot of other parents. So um, about five or six years ago, I started getting more serious into photography. I wanted an upgrade for my cell phone, for my pocket camera. I want to take really nice pictures of my kids and my first camera, my first DSLR was a Nikon D 200 with a prime lens, a 50 millimeter prime lens. And that lens allowed me to take nice pictures in low light and get that nice blurry background and everything like that. But it didn't take too long before I thought I, I found that that was kind of limiting. The camera was big. It was heavy. Um, if I wanted to go anywhere with my family, I had to make it a point to bring that camera. And I had this mental decision. Do I bring the camera? Do I not? camera's big and heavy. Is it worth it to bring the camera? And then the lens I found kind of limiting as well, as much as I liked it, that 50 millimeter field of view wasn't really wide enough. You couldn't fit a lot into the frame. I could fit my kid. And if I stood way back, I could fit my kid and maybe an adult, but you couldn't really capture a whole scene with that lens and that field of view. So, um, about a year and a half later, I upgraded to a Nikon D7100 because that that camera was much newer than the D200. It could shoot in lower light conditions, it could shoot faster, um, it was more megapixels so I could crop in more if I needed to, and the camera was in many ways superior to the D200. But it still had limitations of any other DSLR, it's big, it's heavy. Um, when I'm out on... Uh, if I'm if I'm just out, it's like banging around on a camera strap somewhere. <clears throat> sorry um then i eventually upgraded again to a nikon d seven fifty and i've got that here this uh and and i've i've got a bunch of lenses too i've got a, a thirty five a fifty and an eighty five um i got a seventy two hundred so I've, I've got different lenses and i eventually got this camera here this i'm showing in the video feed this d seven fifty what i learned over the the five or six years of doing this is that I wasn't sure what camera and lens I needed to really fit the, the style of photography that I wanted. And that's why I tried different camera bodies. I got different lenses. And what I realized was that this combination here, this D750 with a 35 millimeter lens, I used this more than anything. And I stopped taking other gear with me. So Phil, you live in Lincoln. I live in Oklahoma. There'd be times when I'd come to Lincoln and I'd bring only this camera, D750 with 35 millimeter lens because the lens is just wide enough to fit a lot of people in the frame. If we're hanging out at our parents' house and there's a bunch of kids around, I can get a really nice picture of the scene. It's not so wide that it feels unnatural and distorted and it's not so narrow. It's It's just about the perfect focal length for in my opinion, for capturing a picture of a, a scene with people, just a, a casual get together with people. And that's those pictures I realized were the most important to me. And I had other cameras for other situations. Like if our, if our kids are playing outside and they're at the park, then this, this combination doesn't work. This 35 millimeter lens, but Those are kind of special situations. I really like the the wide aperture on this, so I can get super low-light photos. Um, I can get really fast shutter speeds. Um, There's a lot that I like about this particular combination. But (laughs) I also realized that this D750 with 35mm lens... And incidentally, if you're, if you're paying close attention to the video, you'll notice that this is a D750 with a DX lens on it. This lens is designed for a crop sensor camera. Um, it's not, it's not designed for a full frame camera, which is what this camera is. Um, it's a crop sensor lens, which works. It attaches to a full frame camera, but at most apertures you get what's called vignetting in the corners and we can go into the physics of that, but I don't want to basically, um, it, it's, it, it works. It works in most situations, but I started to have that, that same question of, do I bring this with me? And I, am I'm, I'm looking at the video now. <laughs> um, I, I keep looking down there at my videos in the corner, but I should be looking here to this. To <sighs> camera. Do I bring this with me? Because this thing is big and heavy. Can you, can you put both hands up? yeah which one, which So one with that and with the so, so oh, well yeah. before, so before I do that, um this camera is so big and so heavy that it was it was even though this fit almost every scenario I could imagine. if we went to a birthday party, if we're hanging out at home, if we're in the backyard, if we go to the park and it's just casual, um ninety percent of the situations I found myself in um bright light, low light, whatever. This camera was it with this lens, but it's heavy (laughs) and it's flopping around on my side and I need a backpack for it or I need a strap. But if I get a strap, then maybe it'll get damaged. But this is my favorite camera. So then I realized after doing a lot of research that this camera here, and I'll hold them up side by side now, this Fuji camera. uh,
0: That just looks like. I'll say what I said to you when I first saw this. It looks like somebody Game Boy pocketed your camera. <laughs> yes. For those of us, I guess that would be most of us who are who are of the camera dad age. The Game Boy Pocket was this dramatically shrunk version of the original Game Boy, and it was so cool mm-hmm. that it was so small. Yes. And looking at those two cameras side by side, it's like, wow, is my DSLR really that big? And is that? Yeah. Thing, I mean, your Fuji is just—it's handheld. Look at this. It looks, it looks <laughs> the size of a—it's it's uh, size of a
1: pocket cam. And I apologize to the people watching the video. I keep looking down in the corner, and I'm sorry. That's my fault. That's where my video is sitting. So I keep looking in there. I need to look straight at the camera. Yeah. Um, this look at the size difference here, and and I I promise you, my right hand that's holding the Nikon. It's feeling tired right now. My hand is getting tired because it's so big. Um, Phil, when we went to uh, our annual vacation and on Kansas, this Nikon with the 35, this is what I shot most of the time. Um, but I always had to decide: Do I bring this or not? If we're going to the beach or going out on the boat, because it's so big and heavy. So a couple months ago, I finally got this camera, this little Fuji, and my hand feels so much. Less tired right now as I'm holding it, and this this Fuji is the basically the exact same camera lens combination as this Nikon full frame um, with a 35 millimeter lens. This Fuji has a 23 millimeter lens, but it's inside the camera is a standard APS-C sensor what that means is the picture you're seeing if you work out the math is this basically the same as the picture from a 35 millimeter lens on a full frame camera 23 millimeter lens on a crop sensor equals about the same as 35 on a full frame camera
0: okay because when you when you said that um you know a 23 millimeter i was thinking that's that's going to give you a quite a bit different depth, uh, um, not depth of field, but the, the field of view. Yes, the field of talking view. Talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the, how that 55 millimeter lens is, doesn't let you do what you need, mm-hmm. whereas the 35 is perfect. And then I'm thinking, well, the way you go to the 23, now aren't you going to be, you made a comment earlier about how it's not wider than would appear natural. Right. Bordering on like a fisheye lens, something. Exactly. That yes, exactly. So much you wouldn't normally see, but you're mm-hmm. saying it doesn't
1: do that. No, because it's, it's on a crop sensor camera. Um, that if I don't want to get too far into the math, but it's a 1.5 times crop sensor. So the, the picture you actually see is basically identical to uh, the picture you see on this Fuji with the 23 millimeter lens is I, I, for all intents and purposes, identical to the 35mm on a full frame. It's the okay. same field. Okay. There's differences if you look at like the, the depth of field. It's a little different because of how the math works out. But for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing. <laughs> so so what, what it boils down to for me is given that I discovered over the years that this camera here, this full frame Nikon with 35mm lens, this is my favorite camera and lens combination how can I get that in a much more smaller, portable size? And the answer is this Fuji. This Fuji has uh, it's what they call mirrorless camera. Um, it's an it has an APS-C size image sensor. It's 24 megapixels. It goes from ISO 200 to 12,800, so it goes plenty high ISO. Um, It'll shoot an eight frames per second burst, which is really nice if your kids are moving around really fast. Um, it's got all these external controls. And if I hold it up here, you'll see that it's got buttons and dials for everything. It's got a shutter speed dial on top, it's got an ISO dial on top, exposure compensation. To change the aperture, you literally rotate this ring around the lens here. If I can do that, and maybe I'll see if. Yeah, there it is. There you go. So there's yeah. a little. There's a little ring and if you hear it clicking, if you hear it, uh, can you hear that? Oh yeah. Okay, so that clicking is the sound of the aperture dial changing the, the f-stop. Um, the lens, it's a 23 millimeter lens, it's an f2.0 lens, so it's almost as wide as the, the, the lens on this Nikon. And check this out, so here I'm going to take a picture with this Nikon and I'm going to hold up the microphone so you can hear it. So here's, here's what it sounds like to take a picture. You That's that? your
0: typical sort of snap, right. sound that You hear on, on any camera like that. Yeah,
1: right. So you're sitting around with your friends, taking a picture and you hear this little click, mm-hmm. right? Here's what this Fuji sounds like. I'm going to take a picture of this turn it on here. I'm gonna take a picture and hold on get Ready? And ready, I'm gonna take a picture. And did you hear it? It sounds like the tiniest little mechanical
0: noise you can you can think of.
1: That noise is actually it, the autofocus. Let me oh let me put gosh. it on uh, here here's manual focus. So you're not gonna hear okay. it, here's here's a picture, ready? Did you hear it? You didn't hear it?
0: I heard as if the mic <laughs> went dead.
1: <laughs> this is this is almost entirely silent and it it's such a huge advantage (laughs) um there's so many situations in which this camera this d750 not only is it big it's heavy um it's it's just loud and we were um uh, to put all this review into context, Phil and I, we, we there was a wedding we were at recently, a family wedding, and then another family gathering after that. And I had this little Fuji. That was the only camera I brought for both occasions. And there was plenty of times when we were sitting around. Uh, we were playing cards one night um, with, with our friends Drew and Casey and your yeah. wife. Um, I don't know. Can we say names? Yeah, Wendy. Okay. So and we were... Yeah. Nah, sorry. I This just... It's, it's
0: jogging memories in in w- over the last couple of weeks, and I mm-hmm. was this is a, another one of those things about this Fuji that just I still don't completely get. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. seem right. Like a camera should not make any noise because even we're we're trained, we're conditioned. Mm-hmm. Your cell phone has no reason to make a sound when you press the quote shutter button, right? It does though. They have that little Yeah,
1: Yeah. and you can tell this to make a sound if you want. Um, This uses what's called a leaf shutter. And a leaf shutter, uh, the way they've implemented it in here is almost silent. And so we're sitting around playing cards and I I had this tiny little Fuji. And a couple of times I sort of sat back and took a picture of the scene. And I never felt conspicuous. Because there was no sound and this thing was so tiny so i never felt like oh there's simon getting out the camera again it was just a little quick snapshot but the difference was the the image quality that you get from this fuji is just as good as any other dslr because the chip in here that actually takes a picture is a dslr chip so you're getting all of the advantages of any dslr camera you are getting the high iso performance you're getting the, the manual controls, the, the, the really fast burst. You can shoot in RAW or RAW plus JPEG. Um, you get a super bright lens, f2.0 lens, so you can take pictures in really low light. ISO 6400 pictures on this thing look fantastic. Um, so you're getting all these advantages of a DSLR, except it's so tiny. It's super tiny <laughs> compared to... Uh, I'll hold it up to my iPhone here. It's my iPhone 5S. So obviously it's bigger than an iPhone. Um, but not, it, it's not nearly as big as a DSLR.
0: Not at all. I mean, Um, even, even with the lens on there, it's smaller or about the same size as a, as a small DSLR body alone. That's true. Yeah. Without the
1: lens on it. And honestly, I'm going to hold this up again. This lens kind of sticks out here. Um, let's see if I can get this right. I've got, a. um, what they call a filter on the front. Um, it, the lens is actually about half this thick if I, yeah, there it is. So it looks like it sticks out about an inch. The lens okay. actually sticks out about half an inch. I've got this, this filter on to it's like a protective filter. So without that, I, I can unscrew that. Then the lens is even shorter. It's like half that. Height.
0: Can you take that? Can you take that off?
1: Um, I,
0: if it's not easy then yeah, don't.
1: I've got it screwed on kind of tight. Okay, then <laughs> so, don't worry about it. Um,
0: okay. um that's so, the only that's the only sort of awkward bit about it to me, mm-hmm. uh, is that it is so close to pocketable, but the the lens does protrude some.
1: But, yeah, I mean, if you know, the size
0: is a huge advantage compared honestly, to DSLR, I,
1: I don't have to make that call anymore. Of do I bring the big camera or not? Because the big camera is now a small camera with the image quality of a big camera, and so if we're going to hang out with friends, if we're going to the park, going to a birthday party, there's no question. I bring the Fuji because it's so small. And I, when I, I've got this camera strap for it. And if I hook it up to the camera strap, I don't even realize it's there because it's so small and it's not nothing, but it's way lighter than this honking beast right here. But I think it's also important to talk about what this camera doesn't have. Because right now, a, a parent might be listening to this and think, oh man, I gotta get this camera. Well, there's some disadvantages. The number one disadvantage for some people is you can't change the lens. So you wanna zoom in? Too bad. Um, you wanna zoom out? You can't. There, There's like a button you can press to sit where it sort of crops in kind of, but then interpolates it still takes a 24 megapixel picture, but it pretends it's shooting as a 50 millimeter lens. So it's kind of like a
0: digital zoom.
1: Yeah. I've never used that thing. Okay. If I need to crop, I just crop in Lightroom because at 24 megapixels, you can crop way down, which is not the same as changing focal lengths, but still you can, you can crop in, um, but there's no interchangeable lens. It doesn't do 4k video. It does 1080p video. Um, there's no image stabilization and some, uh, a, a lot of cameras, small cameras at this price point have image stabilization. There's Micro Four Thirds cameras. There's the Sony RX100 line of cameras. Um, these cameras all have image stabilization. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but these cameras also have smaller image sensors. The, the Fuji has a, a much larger image sensor than a Micro Four Thirds camera. Um, there, there's no uh, LCD screen on top. So if you look at this, this Nikon, I'm gonna hold up to the video again, you've got this LCD readout screen where it tells you your shutter speed and all that. There's no, there's none of that on the Fuji.
0: It does so have know, an LCD screen though. I just want to make that back yes. clear. You said yes. on top, which is maybe 50 50 for DSLRs to mm-hmm. have that sort of extra screen on top. Mm-hmm. The old, the old uh, cl- uh, calculator watch kind of display. Yes, yes, That's yes. It's on top. Mm-hmm. It does have a very nice LCD screen on the back. Yeah. And it's, um, Sorry, I lost my well, I lost my train of thought for a second. Um, that's all right. I was going to ask about the the delay. Um, that that there is there is no lag with that screen whatsoever. When you are moving it around, it it is as if you are looking through the optical viewfinder.
1: Yeah, and so that's um, and um, one other disadvantage. I'm going by my notes here. There's no second memory card slot; just one memory card slot. Um, but As far as the LCD screen, so, um, you know, on a DSLR, you can, you, you look through this little viewfinder here for most of the time, right? Right. Um, and you, you want to take a picture, you hold it up to your eye like this and holding it up to my eye, um, which again, kind of takes you out of the scene. If we're sitting around with family or friends and bust out the big old DSLR, hold it up to my eye to take a picture. It's, it's this weird removal for, me or for the whoever's doing that, because now I'm not engaged with, I'm not talking to people. I'm not part of what's going on. I have to take five seconds and put this giant brick in front of my face. Yeah. You're suddenly that guy with the camera. Yes. Who is trying to get maybe a
0: particular shot. And then Mm -hmm. the rest of the people, they pick up on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They do.
0: Even if not, you know, consciously they're like, Oh, they're okay. So he's got his camera. Maybe I should set my drink down or, Absolutely. Yes, yes, Any yes. number yes. of things that come along with that mm-hmm. just because of, well, here's this, there it is going to take yep. my picture now, right? Yep. yep. It's um, almost like you're just, with this thing, it's almost like you're just taking your cell phone out and snapping some pictures, which we are all so used to. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Unless someone tells you to pose, you're not going to think twice about someone taking out their cell phone and saying, click, 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 take some pictures. You, yeah, you, I mean, that's. You're not going to care.
1: That's exactly right. That's a good comparison because we're so, we're so used to the casual nature of cell phone pictures. When you see a a tiny little camera like this, you don't think that it's anything but a little cell phone camera. I mean, it's clearly not a cell phone, but you don't assign the same, um, uh, interpretation to it as you would a DSLR. You're not like, Oh, he's in picture taking mode. Um, but because this is a mirrorless camera, um, well, you know how on your camera you can look through the viewfinder or you can click a button that says live view and then you get the screen on the back?
0: Yeah. So you're either looking through the viewfinder, which I do most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. But when I hand it to, to my uh, my kids, let's say my six-year-old, I will click the 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 live view button. Mm-hmm. So that she's looking at the screen. And to her, that's how you use a camera. That's how you take yes. pictures. And say, yes. Okay. Okay. Hold still. I'm going to try to get you in this, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, Grandpa, hold still, and then you, you know, yeah, exactly. Button, and and it'll make that double noise because you're using the LCD screen. It'll go to current, and then
1: there's the yes. And you, in it, the focus when you're using the live view on a DSLR, a lot of them use what's called a phase detect autofocus. When you look through the viewfinder, which is really really fast, it focuses beep beep. It focuses just like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you look through the live view, it uses what's called a contrast detect autofocus which means it's not sure how far away the thing is that it needs to focus on. So it focuses a little too far, then brings it back in a bit. And it goes, g-g-g-g-g. and it takes a little bit to get focused because of the way it, it functions as a contrast detect system. And so when you're in live view, it's just slower all around. It doesn't focus as fast and it doesn't shoot as fast. Like you mentioned, it has that chunk, chunk.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a definite delay when you do that. Yes.
1: So on a mirrorless camera like this Fuji, there is no such thing as live view or viewfinder view. It's always in live view, and it's actually designed around live view, just like your cell phone camera. Um, it, on, a, on a DSLR, the reason it's so thick like this, if front to back, the reason it's, it's so wide is there's actually a mirror in there a 45 degree angle mirror that sends the, the, the incoming light through the lens, it sends it up to the optical viewfinder. When you take a picture, the mirror literally goes flip and it flips up out of the way to send the light to the image sensor. And so there's literally, there has to be room for that mirror to flip up and down. On this Fuji and other mirrorless cameras, there is no such mirror, so it's way thinner. And the light coming in is always going to straight to the image sensor. It's not going to a mirror first. So it's designed for you to use the LCD screen on the back. There's no compromise. There's, there's, there's not, uh, it doesn't slow down. It doesn't um, make extra sounds. When you turn it on and you look through the screen in the back, it's not functioning any differently. That's how it's supposed to work. And so you can sit, And, and, um, hold it out like this. If I want to take a picture from up high, I can just hold the camera up high. If my kids are down low, I can hold the camera down low. Um, if we're sitting around, I can, I can hold the camera anywhere I want to. And I I don't have to be constrained by the fact that I'm in a DSLR live view and the focus is slow and it's going to be loud and clunky. I just hold it out and focus same as I would.
0: That's kind of what your gut tells you. Um, is that. Mm. You know, that's, that's certainly what I expected when I was playing with it is, is there going to be that delay, Mm -hmm. first of all, in just moving the camera around and looking at the live view, Mm -hmm. you know, it feel on a typical DSLR, you can just feel however subtle it may be that, that slight delay. Mm -hmm. And with that one, it was non-existent. Mm -hmm. It's just a strange thing to get used to, but there's a question there that I want to ask you. Okay. Um, that display doesn't, it, it's not an articulating display.
1: No, it's not. I it
0: mean, And that's something, uh, it means that your display on the back of your camera can fold out and maybe swivel side to side or swivel up and down. I had one of those on, uh, oh, I don't uh, a Nikon Coolpix.
1: I remember that, yeah.
0: 100, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and It had this articulating display that would, it would pop out of the camera and then bend down or, yes. or up. Yes. So like what you were just doing, I'll get to the question here in a second. Uh, you know, you mentioned holding it up or holding it down to take a picture of something or holding it off to the side. Those articulating displays are very good for that.
1: Like this. But, yeah, there you go. Um, on, my, on my D750, it's got that. I'm, I'm folding the display out right now on the video. Well, yeah. My question is, how
0: is the the viewing angles and the appearance of that display on your Fuji? You know, does it get, if I hold it, you know, a foot away from me off to the side, mm-hmm. a lot of times the display is going to, you know, it's going to turn negative and the colors are going to be all funky. Yes. Or yes. things are going to, going to get hard to see. Mm-hmm. You know, any sort of quote unquote old LCD will do this. A lot of laptops still do this you know, but the more off angle you get, the worse it looks.
1: Yeah. It's not like that at all. Um, in fact, just tonight, uh, kind of for fun, we were, I was making, um, fajitas and I had this, Let's see if I can pull it up here. Um, I had a, a pan where I was cooking my fajitas. I'll hold this up to the, the webcam here. <laughs> so you can't really see it, that, but that's that picture there of, um, I've got a, three quart saute pan and I was cooking peppers and chicken, and everything else to get that picture. I had to hold the camera straight out and straight down. And I, I, I couldn't see it. And the screen doesn't articulate like you mentioned. So um, I had to just look at the screen at like kind of an extreme angle. Colors were fine. There was no issue with getting the, the colors. They, they didn't get washed out. They didn't turn funky. And I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's um, good
0: because I mean, even you go back cell phones a few years and yeah. they would some cell phones, some low or I say cheap, but mm. um, you know, lower end or bargain cell phones still do that. Yeah. Um, but anything yeah. in, in any iPhone or Samsung galaxy or things like that, you can tilt them 180 degrees and you can still see your colors a hundred percent.
1: Now and it'd it's be nice
0: the display that's in there. And I mean, it's, it's great to hear that that camera does have that
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it depends on it. Like you said, it's built around the idea of using that display. So if I was going to invest in one of those and, you know, I start using it and I find out that the colors are washed out when I use the display, like it just doesn't look right. That would, Mm -hmm. that'd be a big turnoff.
1: It would. And, uh, fortunately the, the display is, is really nice on here. I have no issues with it. And, um, it it doesn't articulate, which would be nice. It also is not a touch screen. And that's gonna be a turnoff for some people. This is the the X one hundred F. It's the fourth version of the X one hundred series. We're recording this in March of 2018. It wouldn't surprise me if at some point they came out with the fifth version. I don't know what they would call it. And maybe that would have an articulating screen. Um I I don't anticipate that anytime soon. I think Fuji's been doing about every two years on these cameras and they still this is just a year old. Um as of now, so I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it's coming at some point, um, but I want to mention something unique about this camera. Well, two things that are kind of unique about it. One, it actually does have an optical viewfinder, same as a DSLR, and it's right in the corner here. If I I'm going to hold up the video to the webcam here, and you can see, hey, there's me in the optical viewfinder <laughs> of the the camera. So right up in the corner, it's got an optical viewfinder and you can actually look through that just like you would on a DSLR and the, the function of that optical viewfinder is kind of interesting because it can either function as a straight up optical viewfinder, almost like a rangefinder style camera um, from back in the day, or it has a little sensor on it that when you hold this up to your eye, you're looking at the screen in the back, you hold it up to your eye, and it suddenly has a little tiny screen, half-inch screen that flips up like, like inside this little viewfinder and is now the the exact same display and information that you would normally have on the back screen is now right up in your eye.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. So it's kind of like a, a Google Glass kind of a thing.
1: Yes. When you're, yes. So
0: you're looking through the optical viewfinder, but you get, it it knows when you're doing that and gives yes. you a little overlay of all of like the shutter speed and the ISO and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, it yeah. It shows up in there. Mm-hmm. And you, um, there's a couple different modes that you can use this optical viewfinder in. And it's just a, I mean, sometimes I want to compose a scene with the back screen. Sometimes I just want to be, I don't know, I feel like I can compose it better with the camera held up to my eye. It helps me stabilize the camera too. So I hold it up to my eye, the little LCD screen goes and and flips up in an instant and suddenly I'm I'm focusing and composing everything with this little screen back here. So it's it's the only camera I know of that does that. There's other cameras um, that do that have viewfinders that do both um, like it's got a screen and a little viewfinder but I don't know of any that have the optical LCD hybrid function that this one does—that's really—it's really, really cool to have. Um, also, the other thing I want to mention is there is no LCD screen on top to tell you things like what's your shutter speed, what's your focal length, or um, what's your, um, your your shutter speed or your or your f-stop. But instead, you've got all these dials. And my my camera is is turned off right now, but I can. I can set the shutter speed. So if I got this dial up here, um, I'll try and do it. If I want to set the shutter speed, I just, here it is. (laughs) For those of you listening, I'm trying to function or operate this camera well, looking at the webcam view on our Google Hangout here. So I can turn this dial to set the shutter speed. And my camera's turned off. But just looking at my camera, I know that my shutter speed is a 60th of a second or two fiftieth of a second. Um, I know what my aperture is and there's no mode dial. There's no PASM mode dial like on your camera, fill And on most DSLRs, uh, or uh, if you have a Canon, it's like, uh, it says AV TV P and M. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of them have like a sports mode and a a, burst mode. Yes, yes. um, The green one, like the auto mode Mm -hmm, and all mm -hmm. of
1: that. There's no such thing on this camera. What it does have is a a shutter speed dial with different shutter speeds that you could dial in or an A setting. If you want the camera to calculate the shutter speed for you, you just turn it over to the A setting. And now it calculates the shutter speed for you. If you want to set the aperture, you set the aperture with that front ring. If you don't care about the aperture, you flip it over to the A setting. And if you don't care about the ISO, you flip that to the A setting.
0: So and then everything's on auto without presume. going into an auto mode. You just exactly. set each one automatically, set each one to be in auto, and then you right. just go and don't worry
1: about it. Absolutely. So if you want to – Go ahead.
0: Here, here's what's really interesting to me about that is um, – it's It's like everything is mechanical,
1: it really is,
0: is, yeah, which is a strange sensation um, because it's an, it's an odd it's an odd thing because everybody has a cell phone, and everything on there there's nothing mechanical. They try to mimic mechanical controls with on screen controls, mm-hmm. uh, but everything is on is, is on a touch screen, and that can get for me that 's terribly annoying to yeah. be tapping around on the screen, trying to get my settings right. Yeah. Forget about it. And then on a, a DSLR, um, it's kind of a hybrid of that. You've got, you know, there are a couple of dials um, and a few buttons, you know, hold, holding down a button like you do that, uh, what do you call it? Back focus? That you Back button focus, yeah. Back button focus. You know, you hold this button to focus in this way and you turn... Um, this dial set the mode, and then there's a little thumb wheel to control the shutter speed if you're in shutter speed mode or the aperture if you're in aperture mode. But you can only see those values then looking through the viewfinder or on the screen. And none of that will have any effect when your camera is turned off. Yeah. What's really cool about this one is once you get comfortable with it, you can do everything almost blind almost instinctively just by muscle memory you know if you're, you you need to adjust the shutter speed well there's this dial
1: yeah it's just, called the shutter speed dial you
0: flip your thumb a couple of times and it's done yeah. you you know you're holding it up you're ready to go and you want to change the aperture so you just move your fingers to that ring you spin the ring a few times done yeah. for me when i like i i was yeah. at my son's football game tonight and i was uh I doing I was testing the ISO to make okay. sure that I had what I wanted there, and I would take a picture and then pull away, look at the you know look at my result, change it from iso one hundred to two hundred, mm-hmm. take another picture, pull it away, look at the result, and then go back and forth between the two and decide which one was better and then left it on that setting sure, sure. and that's a lot of back and forth between messing with the display messing with the buttons around the display and and just doing what i want to do with the camera which is take pictures and a lot of that stuff is buried you have to do it through the screen
1: yeah and there's menus menus you have to go through
0: you go through the menus to set this up um you just spend a lot of time dinking around in menus on Mm -hmm. the screen trying to get what you want set up the way you want it
1: yeah and on on this fuji there's, there's um the, the, how, how do I want to backwards. say this? You you, you always, always know, know, what, know what mode it's shooting in because there is no, like, Im- the, the dials all, always do the same thing. So on most DSLRs, there's at least one little control dial. But what that dial does changes depending on if you're in program auto or manual or aperture shutter priority. On here, the shutter speed dial always changes the shutter. The ISO dial always changes the ISO. They don't, they're not different depending on what mode you're in. So it's really easy to change a setting right, right, uh, right away without diving into menus, without trying to figure out what mode you're in. And it makes it, it removes that element of confusion from things a lot. But one thing that I've also started using a lot more, um, well, two things. Number one, I have been shooting in JPEG almost exclusively since I got this camera. I just don't shoot in RAW anymore. And the reason is when I shoot with my my Nikon cameras, I shoot uh, often in RAW because I need to correct things afterward. the The shadows need to be lightened up and the exposure needs to be adjusted here. Because I'm always looking at the screen on the back or the, the an LCD screen of some sort, I always know exactly what the picture is going to look like. So on a DSLR, you look through the optical viewfinder, and that what you see might not be what the picture looks like. You're seeing
0: sure, you're seeing essentially a real. You're you're seeing. Um, just Real life. Window. You're looking through a window at at right what's out there. Yeah. Not seeing the the digital ISO, the ISO adjustment that you have applied. Yes. Or exactly. all the other things that you have applied.
1: Exactly. You have
0: to wait to take the picture to see what those look like.
1: Absolutely. Here, I'm looking at the LCD screen. If I notice that the picture is too dark, I take this dial here on the right called exposure compensation and just turn it. Turn it to plus one, plus two. I've now lightened the exposure by one stop or two stops. And you can see it happen. And I see it happen. Yes. So I can tell if my picture is too dark, I just click that exposure dial here. I'll, I'll click it so you can hear it. It's got that satisfying click. in so there. So
0: satisfying. That's yeah. the best part about that. <laughs> um,
1: so I'll click it. And now my picture is brighter and I take the picture and I don't need to, I just, I don't like messing with stuff in Lightroom because it takes so much time I can, and I, I do if I need to, but if I can just shoot in JPEG and get it looking the way I want, then I don't care. I also, um, on this camera, there are a ton of customizable buttons. So it's got all these buttons on the back. I'm going to kind of point this out here. I guess you can't see it. It's got like three different buttons here ar- around the this there's okay, this Kind menu. of like
0: an, an old iPod style click wheel. Uh,
1: yeah, the- yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Blank buttons around it.
1: Sure. There's four buttons around the center menu button. There's a button on top. There's a button over here. There's all these buttons. And if you want to, you can assign those buttons to do things that you access a lot. So, for instance, if I if I turn this camera on and I want to suddenly change it from um, uh, JPEG to RAW, I've got that setting assigned to one of the buttons on the back. So I click a button, and now it brings up my raw or jpeg if i want to change my iso my my auto iso settings which i'll get to in a second i've got that set to a quick button if i want to change the uh film simulation i i just i assign those buttons to what i want and the that level of customization is really nice because you can set up the camera to be what you want it to be and if i'm looking through uh, my pictures and i really want to share one there's a button um that i've assigned to wi-fi so I click the Wi-Fi, pull up my camera, transfer the camera picture to my camera and then send it out to you guys or whoever.
0: You mean you mean your phone. Can you talk about that a little bit? You said transfer it from your camera to your camera.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Camera to my phone. Yeah. So I open up the Fujifilm app on my phone, transfer the picture via Wi-Fi, and now I have the picture on my phone. Um I you mentioned auto or you mentioned uh, ISO earlier um at your son's football game tonight. I stopped caring about ISO anymore. I just don't care about it. Sort of like I don't shoot in RAW anymore. I just don't care. Because ISO on this Fuji is so good that it doesn't matter to me. Is it ISO 100? 6,400? I don't know. I don't (laughs) care. What I want is a properly exposed photo without blur. So mostly I shoot in... Um, what in auto ISO and I set the minimum shutter speed at 125th of a second, and that's enough to freeze motion unless my kids are literally running. And I tell my camera, do whatever you have to do, given the aperture that I'm using, do whatever you have to do to make sure this photo is properly exposed, including raise the ISO all the way to 6400. And if you look at a shot taken on ISO 6400 on this camera, it looks perfectly fine to me. I mean, I guess if you zoom in one to one and really pixel peep at like the pixel level, that
0: grain that you're used to when you're talking, no. (laughs)
1: If 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 we're at your house and I send you a picture of your kid that I took with this Fuji, you're not going to be like, well, you know, that would be okay, but it's a little grainy. Right. Uh, Maybe try shooting at ISO. 1600 next time you're going to be like oh that picture's in focus and and there's no blur i'll take it yeah so i it's shooting with this camera has really removed a lot of the things i used to think about when i shot with a dslr i used to think about ISO more. i used to think about um, which mode am i in <laughs> and it it doesn't really have any compromises um There, if I want to talk about why it's specifically good for parents, so I've I've gone on and on about this camera. If you're a parent or if you're going to be a parent soon, why would I say that this camera is kind of the ultimate dad camera? Um, for one, it's so it's portable, um, it's the same image quality as a professional camera. I always take it with me, I never have to think about do I take the big camera or not because it is. It is the big camera, but it's in a small package. Um, it's, it's silent. It's unobtrusive. Um, there's no fiddling with, (laughs) sorry, with a mode dial and all that stuff. Um, the, I, I, I say that I'm kind of looking at my notes here. This is the camera that a lot of parents probably don't realize they want. (laughs) Um, it doesn't have the interchangeable lens, but I have, I don't care. Because most of the pictures I take, I I don't want to be zooming in or zooming out. 35 millimeter is great for most of the pictures I take. So the fact that it doesn't have a zoom lens, it's not a limitation to me. It's an advantage because... By having a prime lens. It's one less I, thing you don't have to
0: worry about. I,
1: yeah, I don't have to worry about it. And it's got a huge wide aperture. Yeah. A zoom lens, like a kit zoom lens, has a much smaller aperture than this. So yeah, it zooms in and out, but I don't want the trade-off of that.
0: The only thing that's coming to mind here as far as um, you know, the camera dad perspective
1: mm-hmm. is it...
0: It doesn't seem like this would be a good camera for sporting events where you're shooting at no, a distance. Not at uh, all. You know, for example, not tonight I did a, did a football game and I've got my 55 to 200 zoom lens on there. Yeah. Yeah. Every picture I took was zoomed in all the way to 200. Right. Minutes. Right. And still my son only fills a quarter of the frame because mm. I just can't get any closer. Yeah. And uh, so the camera like this will not do it for that situation, but you're right. In every other scenario, um, it's it meets all those criteria and eliminates so much of that confusion and that. Um, I don't want to say tinkering, tinkering, because you can absolutely tinker with it, uh, but mm-hmm. it eliminates the um, the cumbersomeness of that tinkering. That's a good way of putting it with it. menu buttons and LCD screens and all of that. Yeah. and it's interesting, you know, I I I agree with you that a camera like this is is ideal for let's say 90% of the time, unless you know those special cases hmm. um where you're doing a particular thing, like a sporting event. It just took you six,
1: seven, eight years to to figure that out. Yeah, it, yeah. it did. And what I've seen happen for a lot of parents, a lot of parents, they want to upgrade from a cell phone. And they look at DSLRs, you go to Best Buy, they see these DSLRs, see it zooms and everything, and, and they think, this is awesome, I'm I'm going to get a real camera, take real good pictures of my family, bring it home. And as the weeks and months go by, that camera is so big and heavy that it often ends up sitting on a shelf because it's just not worth the trouble. If you're going out somewhere, just well, a lot of people just bring their phone because that big DSLR, It's just a, it's just cumbersome. And, and that was me. I mean, I, I have three DSLRs, so I'm not trying to rip on DSLRs. I'm just saying that for a casual parent photographer who wants really good pictures of their kids, this little Fuji does everything that, that DSLR does, except it's so small. You don't have to think about should I take it with me or not? Um, there are some problems with it though that I want to point. Out. I've been I I mean this whole time I've been like this camera's awesome but there's some problems with it. For one the price. <laughs> That's the biggest <laughs> problem. Did I tell you how much this thing costs?
0: I don't know that you did. Um, okay. I'm I'm going to just leave this number in my head but go ahead because I I know that we were going to get to this eventually because you can go and get a good DSLR you know, with that kit lens for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Go in and, and also add in your 35 millimeter or 55 millimeter prime lens. And you're still sitting five, $600 for your yeah. whole package and you are covered mm-hmm. for everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, you get your Canon rebel T six, your Nikon D 3,500. It's if you really want to go all out, it's like $500 for that. And a two lens combination and, I mean, it's, it's not that expensive for DSLR, this tiny little Fuji, $1,300. And, That's
0: about what I expected.
1: And the, the, the reason I, um, I write columns for a website called digitalphotographyschool.com and I've written, I, over a hundred columns for that website now and uh, I've been saving my money from those columns. It's not much. Um, but in um, if any DPS listeners are, are listening, um, I it's, they compensate me, but it's not, it's nothing to live off of. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> um, it. So I've been saving my money from that and from little photography things I've done on the side to get this camera. And if I didn't have that income that was dedicated just for camera stuff, I'd have a really hard time justifying this because it's so expensive. And the idea that you're going to spend $1,300 on a camera that doesn't have a zoom, you can't ever zoom. Um, It's man, that's a lot to swallow. But if I were a new parent, like if I had a baby and I wanted a camera that would that would, that would suit me ideally in almost every situation I can think of until that kid is five years old. This camera is, there'd be no question in my mind. This camera is what you want. As your kids get older, they start doing more. Then I would say, um, get two cameras, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> get, get the Fuji, uh, get the Fuji when your kid's an infant, but then save, start saving 10, 20 bucks a month or whatever. So that when your kid is, is um in elementary school and playing t-ball and football then you can get that 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 canon nikon canon uh, camera with a zoom lens but you still have the fuji for all those times when they're not on the soccer field yeah because um, by that
0: time you're certainly going to want both of them
1: i think so i mean my kids were out in the front yard their day and they were playing with this this bike thing that they had it's like a three-wheel i don't know what you call it it's not a tricycle but it has three wheels maybe it is a tricycle and I ran inside and I got my camera with the zoom lens because I did the Fuji wasn't going to do it. Um, so the price is by far the big disadvantage. This camera is designed for street photographers. And um, I'm not a street photographer. The autofocus isn't as fast as a DSLR. And so it's going to hunt around just a little bit more. Not nearly as much as a DSLR in live view, but it's still going to kind of go. It's going to take just a little longer than a DSLR. So it's something to to notice if you're a street photographer autofocus doesn't really matter. In fact, a lot of street folks, street photographers use manual focus. And incidentally, if you want to use manual focus, this camera is perfect for manual focus. It's got all these focus assist features. It's got focus peaking. Um, it's if you want manual, this camera will do manual. A lot of parents just want nice autofocus. I never shoot in manual. I need it to autofocus because my kids are moving around. Um, and the autofocus isn't quite what you'd expect from a DSLR. On the flip side, though, if I can illustrate this on the screen, you'll notice that um, I'm going to hold this up to the viewfinder here if I can. I don't even know if this will work. So I'm going upside down and backwards to my face here. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. There's a, oh,
0: uh, a little yellow square moving around. Okay, Sorry, yeah. I just took over the video.
1: Oh. All right, see that little square It's moving around? There it is. You can move that square anywhere in the entire frame. So I'm going to move it way over on the side here. So yeah, I can, auto- I can autofocus in the corner of the camera. I can autofocus anywhere I want to in the whole screen. Most DSLRs have a group of autofocus points in the center, like a diamond shape. And you have one of 11 or one of 15 or one of 25 points in this diamond shape that you can focus in. But this thing, you can focus anywhere in the whole camera. So it's not as fast, but the trade-off is you can get pictures with it that you would have to focus and recompose on a DSLR, or you, you couldn't even get them at all because your kit is way outside of where you want to focus on. Um, a weird quirk is the when you're shooting wide open at f2, the lens has a maximum shutter speed of a thousandth of a second due to the physics of how it's built. If you stop down to 2.8, then it can shoot at 2000th of a second. You stop down to F4, it can shoot at 4,000th of a second. And, um, if you're shooting in really bright conditions with a really wide aperture, your photos are going to be overexposed as a result. So, And
0: can't go any faster than that.
1: Yeah. You can't go any faster than 1,000th of a second, but what you can do is activate what's called a, an ND filter, a neutral density filter. I've got that mapped to this button on the front. There's this little button right here. When I click that, it turns on a mechanical, it, it literally flips up a mechanical ND filter. It's called a three stop ND filter. It's basically it puts sunglasses over the the lens, okay. so it makes the image darker. Meaning you can shoot at f two um, under really bright conditions, and it's still not going to make the shutter speed any faster. But it's gonna it now has sunglasses on, so the light isn't as bright coming in. No, so, you so shoot,
0: it's going to help darken that out, even though exactly. you
1: get better speed. Yes, yeah, so you can get a properly exposed photo at a thousandth of a second wide open. So it's a little weird in that regard. Um, and it's something that as a, 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 parent who is just wanting to get better photos, you buy this camera and suddenly why your photos overexposed in bright daylight, well, either shoot a smaller aperture or use the ND filter. So there's a little bit of mental gymnastics, but it, it's a situation I almost, I rarely find myself in. Um, the battery life is okay. It's not as good as a DSLR. Um, you can last a full day easy on one battery, but if you're going to go on a trip, maybe buy a second battery. Um, I got a first party battery, an actual Fuji branded battery. I was probably a sucker. I, I think I could have just gotten an off-brand battery for 20 bucks. Um, but I, I guess I didn't know any better. Um, and there's things that if you're watching this review, you've probably seen other reviews online where people talk about um, the movie mode. It doesn't have 4K, it doesn't have image stabilization. I shoot this thing in 720. I don't care about 4K video. I want little clips of my kids playing with their friends or building Legos. I don't want 4K for that because the file sizes are so big. I shoot in 720 at 60 frames a second or even 30 frames a second, and that is perfectly fine for me as just a parent who wants movie clips of my kids. Yeah, I think on
0: that on that note, I think a lot of um, for a lot of parents that just want clips of that kind of thing 4K is just a marketing mm-hmm. gimmick at that point. Yeah. I mean there are times where it's useful. I mean my cell phone can shoot 4K, but whatever, why? I never like, do it on I my phone. I don't care. Seriously. Because look, there's my son riding his bike through the pile of leaves and I just want to be able to play that little clip over.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's 4K or not. So it if you've seen that in other reviews, it's honestly never been an issue for me. Um, I personally, I think the movie mode is outstanding because it's full-time autofocus. So I just point it at my kid and click the the, the button to record, and it's continually autofocusing on my kid. So if I shoot at a wide aperture, you get this super cool um, result where my your kid is in focus and the background is not, and it looks like a more professional movie, it way better,
0: like professional
1: it's not at all what you get with your cell phone where, um, everything is in focus here. You open up the aperture, start recording a movie. It auto focuses. If you set it to do that on whatever's closest and everything else is out of focus. It's so cool. Um, and I, I just don't have to worry about it. I don't care about the 4k thing. I don't care about image stabilization. It doesn't matter to me. um, You've, if you're watching this review, you might have heard other reviewers say that the lens is soft when shooting at f2 at close distances. And Phil, this might matter to you. You like to take macro photos. Um, and it's true. If you're going to shoot at, at really close, like five inches away, to get some macro photos, this camera can do that. Um, but if you're shooting at f2, you'll notice that the, cam- that the images are just a little soft. And you might think, well, where's my focus messed up? What happened? No, it's right. just a little soft at f2. But if you're shooting something one or two feet away and beyond that, perfectly fine. I've never had an issue. The lens is fantastic. And if it is a little soft at f2, just stop down to f2.8 and it's it's fine. Um, It's not supposed to be a macro camera. It's supposed to be a street shooting camera. And sometimes I think these are things that people just look for things to quibble over. I don't know. Like when you review, you were like a new cell phone, like the pixel two comes out and people start quibbling over, well, does it have a quad HD screen or does it only have 450 DPI? And you know what I'm talking about, Phil? Oh yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, for (laughs) sure. It's like (laughs) iPhone pixel two versus iPhone 10.
1: What does it matter? Does it take really,
0: I mean, at this point, Mm -hmm. five years ago, fair debate at this point, you're going to yeah. get great pictures all the way through. Yeah. And if you are a photographer who is using only your cell phone for whatever reason, then you might care. Yeah. But yeah. no, for yeah, a camera dad, no.
1: <laughs> that's right. For a camera dad. I mean, um, that's what this is all about. It's, mm-hmm. it's
0: about, you know, what, what are guys like us with a couple of kids and no free time, gonna do what are we gonna use to get pictures of our kids that we want to keep yeah how are we gonna do that with the least amount of of fuss and still have fun doing it you know that yeah i'm not gonna quibble over whether my camera or my dslr can do some some feature that is all the rage when uh, i missed my kid doing that thing because i was putzing with
1: the who's what's it exactly exactly a um, couple other minor minor things in my book that other reviewers um, have brought up that, um, well, just if you're wondering about these things, the rear touch, the rear screen is not a touch screen. I personally don't care, but it might be an issue for some people. I would imagine the next version of this camera is going to have a touch screen, but I, I don't know what I would do with it if it had it. It um, makes it a little quicker to access the menus, I guess, but I've got it set up, so I don't really use the menus anymore. Um, there's a quick menu button, and I'll see if I can show you that here on the back. It's a Q button. Most cameras have this. If you click that, suddenly you get access to this custom menu, where <coughs> I've got all sorts of things like um, shadow tone and, and um, um, f- uh, uh, metering mode and manual electronic shutter. I've got those all set here on the quick menu. And some people say, well, the, the position of this quick menu button right here is easy to hit. I've never found that to be an issue. I mean, some people's—if if it is an issue, I'm not gonna discount it, but it's never been an issue for me. Um, this this front ring turns, there's the aperture ring, but then there's also this front ring here that turns. And that's what you use to focus manually. If you're shooting in auto in, uh, autofocus, that front ring has a couple different options that it can do and In a recent firmware update, Fuji gave you the option of simply disabling that front control ring. So if you accidentally hit it, it doesn't do anything. That's what I've got it set to. So if if you read a review that was published before January 2018, they mentioned the front control ring, that problem's been solved. And finally, Phil, I can't believe this is an issue for some people. I really can't. Do Do you see that?
0: Well, I see the bottom of the camera... Okay. Um, there's a battery door, there's a tripod mount. Oh, let me the, guess, let me guess, let me guess, let me yeah. guess. <laughs>
1: Do you see it? Do when, you this know? Is,
0: when this is sitting on a tripod, I can't yep. change the
1: battery. Oh, you're, you're right. I didn't even think about that. When it's sitting on a tripod, you can't change the battery. Um, but which other I, than that, I,
0: no, I I don't know what you're trying to, to
1: no. i have I have honestly seen reviewers bring this up as a legitimate criticism of the camera. See how the tripod mount is like a half inch off center from the center of the lens okay, sure um some reviewers have brought that up and said that's a big issue for them that the tripod mounting screw is not in the center of the camera i have I mean
0: never even what. <laughs> Announce of thought is to wear on the bottom of the camera the tripod screw. I mean,
1: I guess if you're really, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Oh my gosh! If my tripod's I, sta- my tripod's standing uh, in the grass anyway. I I don't know. I mean, I mean I, I'm not going to knock on a reviewer who has who has pointed that out. And I'm I'm sure that it has a. I'm sure it's a valid point under some circumstance, but mm-hmm. I as a camera dad, I don't <sighs> understand that at all. It's got a tripod I, not great. So yeah. I can use my tripod with it. That's a, that's
1: enough for me. Absolutely. absolutely. As a <laughs> you said it, as a camera, as dad, a camera dad, I I just yeah. don't care that the tripod mount is a half inch off center. Maybe there's like a some crazy extenuating circumstance in which that'd be an issue, but man. <laughs> Don't let that dissuade you from buying the camera. Uh, that point. <laughs> so, Definitely, so, that's <laughs> so. Um, that Phil, I have covered my entire two pages of notes here, and there's nothing that I wrote down. Um, the oh, one thing, okay, one thing: this camera in JPEG mode has what's called film simulations. And Fuji historically is a film company, not a camera company. And they built simulations into this camera when you're shooting in JPEG that do a phenomenal job of mimicking the appearance of various types of Fuji branded film. Oh, wow. And it's not like going to your phone and clicking a filter. It, it really does have to do with how it adjusts the camera sensor to interpolate the incoming light and colors. And, there's um the the simulations that it offers are um what's called provia you can buy provia film velvia astia classic chrome pro negative high standard and with something called acros um a lot i can't speak to this but a lot of black and white shooters really like the acros film simulation um it, it and i've used it but i i mean i i don't know enough to tell whether that's good or not I just know the black and whites on this look really, really good. Apparently people like them, but I don't really shoot in black and white. What I do use though, is the classic Chrome film simulation. And I've, when I'm shooting in JPEG, which is basically all the time on this camera, I use classic Chrome because something about the colors, it's like slightly desaturated. It just looks really, really cool. And it's not better or worse than anything else. I just like it, and I can't explain why. But that classic Chrome film film simulation is so good (laughs) that it's another reason I don't shoot in RAW anymore. I don't need to tweak the colors in Lightroom because I've got classic Chrome set up with, um, there's one of my custom settings where it shoots, I've told my camera to shoot in classic Chrome, um, raise the shadows by two, lower the highlights by one, adjust the noise reduction, a couple other things, and now I've done in camera all the processing that I would normally do in Lightroom, and the colors are fantastic.
0: And you're done once I'm you have figured that out. You just, just take the picture, and it's perfect.
1: I don't care about sh- messing with stuff in Lightroom. Sh- I don't say shooting in Lightroom, but I meant messing with stuff in Lightroom. So the film simulations on this are awesome. Um, that that now covers everything that I wanted to say about this camera. Um, it's clear by now. I really like this camera. I wish it wasn't so expensive, but you really do get a lot of camera for your money. And if you want a camera that will that will just give you fantastic pictures, be small enough to take with you, and and last you for, I, boy, I, outside of like these sports situations, like you were mentioning, it'll do anything that most things that you'll find yourself in as a as a shooter. I, it's hard to not recommend this Fuji. Um, It really does a good job, except for the price. It's so expensive. So, ah, there you go. That's the camera. That's that's it.
0: I like it. I, I like it. Thank you for spending so much time talking about it. I know, I know this isn't the you know typically what we do on camera dads, but it's something that we have. It's come in. You know, you 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 as a camera dad have gone through this. Um, this saving and this researching and this, this using of that camera. And so I think it's great that you wanted to take the time to share so much of that because I I resonate with a lot of that and I can see why if I was going to make an investment of, of that amount, I would consider that camera. Absolutely.
1: Well, and I, and hearing you say that um, it, if someone Um, is is balking at the price. There's the previous version, the X100T, which has a 16 megapixel sensor, it doesn't have an autofocus joystick. Um, there's some trade offs with that that might be worth considering. But for when you if you're a street shooter, the X100T is probably fine, but if you're a a parent, the T is probably I, I don't know that I'd recommend it because the autofocus, from what I've read, isn't as good. And as, when your kids start moving around, you're going to need to, you need that good autofocus. you don't want
0: that. Yeah. And don't F, mess with it. You don't, you don't want to be disappointed.
1: Yeah, the F does a such a good job with that. Um, again, it's not quite at the level of a DSLR, but it's really good. Um, it also, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, it has a, what's called an electronic shutter. If you're outside um, and you need a really fast shutter speed at F2, you can activate what's called the electronic shutter which goes as fast as one thirty-two thousandth of a second that's super fast Thirty-two thousand. Not, not the mechanical
0: shutter that
1: yeah, it it, it's not the mechanical shutter and so if you're shooting indoors under like fluorescent light you're going to get these strobing artifacts you might get some what's called a rolling shutter i don't use the electronic shutter i just use a manual shutter but it's something that might be an issue for some people um yeah so you said the word investment. I might use that same word here because this is a camera that is, it's going to last you from infancy through high school. And you're going to take it with when your kids are from infancy to high school, and you're going to find yourself taking it with you. And you might be looking at DSLR. That's half the price and think, well, well I can, it's so much more value for my money. And that's true. And I've got DSLRs, but I you're I I don't take them with me. Like I take this Fuji. And if you don't have the good camera, then it's not doing you any good to have the camera. Yeah. It's not going to it. I don't know. Anyway, exactly. I I do see it as an investment and something that is, is really going to get you the pictures you want. And you're going to want to take it with you more than that DSLR. And it's going to last you a long, long time. So, Oh my goodness. no thank you
0: for spending so much time on this i know I know that from from your perspective th- this has been a lot of work to put all of this together, but it's really cool uh you know to to talk with you about this camera in so much detail and uh we're coming down to visit you in uh in about a month <laughs> and it's going to be great to just just hang out and, and play with that and really sort of really get a good understanding of it and come away probably wanting to buy
1: one. Oh, <laughs> uh, just, <laughs> uh, just be because awesome, it's man. So, so good. But well, thanks for listeners. Thanks for putting up with this uh, different type of episode. Phil, thanks for asking such good questions. And and uh, and if anyone has any other questions, wants to know about this, leave comments and, and I'll be happy to answer them as best I can. So, all right,
0: Phil. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks Simon. for this a great
1: a, show. Awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
1: All right. We'll see you next time.
0: All right. Bye.